Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out my wife's business, A Sheer Eclipse at lilarose.biz, L-I-L-L-A rose.biz, slash Ashira, S-H-I-R-A. There she sells a wide variety of different hair clips, hair pins, and headbands to suit a wide variety of different tastes. Plus, there are different sizes to suit different hair types. They're nice, classy little items. Make a nice thinking of you gift. Uh, you can check it out at lilarose.biz. L-I-L-L-A rose.biz slash Ashira. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Philo Vance. The original air date, February 20th, 1947. And the title is The Star-Studded Murder Case. Dr. Kent, here's where you get your medal. Yes, Lloyd, I know. You mean you know that I'm the one who should be getting it and that you stole my notes? Lloyd, be quiet. They'll hear you. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? For you. Lloyd. Ladies and gentlemen, as president of the International Astronomical Society, it is my privilege to introduce our guest of honor at this banquet, the eminent astronomer, Dr. Humphrey J. Kent. Dr. Kent. Thank you, Dr. Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, permit me to thank you for this testimonial dinner and for the honor you have paid me in tendering it. It is an occasion for which I am deeply grateful and which I will long remember. I thank you. Before Dr. Kent returns to his seat, I should like, on behalf of the society, to present him with this medal for his long and successful search for the first new planet to be discovered since Dr. Lowell brought to light the planet Pluto. Allow me, Dr. Kent. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you very much on behalf of my two colleagues and myself. This has been a very great honor. This medal is not very heavy, but it carries a weighty responsibility. (laughs) I think perhaps I had better sit down. Quite a speech, Dr. Kent. Uh, Thank you, Lloyd. For two years, you and Diane and I worked together. For five years before that, ever since I got out of college, I worked on finding that planet. Lloyd, we'll talk about this some other time. Why? Because you're afraid of what I might say? Well, don't worry, I won't expose you. Not here and not now. I'll wait. I waited seven years to find that planet. Maybe I'll wait just as long to find a way of making you pay for stealing it. Or maybe I'll do it in one second. With a bullet.
Good morning, Dr. Kent. Uh, good morning, Oscar. You do not mind if I finish sweeping, Dr. Kent? I will not be too long. No, no, go ahead. It doesn't matter. Oh, something is wrong? Yes. Yes, Oscar. Too many things. This morning, I read. Last night, they give you a medal because you find a new planet. Yes. They gave me a medal. For a new planet, the medal. <laughs> For me, a broom, a dustpan, a mop. Dr. Kent, I too know the heavens. Maybe I do not use a big telescope like that one there, but I know the heavens. I know them very well. Yes, yes, I'm sure you do, Oscar. Now, please, there's something on my mind. That I know, too. The heavens tell me things. They told me that. It is because of the sign, the astrological sign. You are a Pisces, born in February. For the next few days, you are to be careful, Dr. Kent. Very careful. Oscar, I've told you this before. I tell you again now. Astrology is nothing but hokum. It's sheer hokum bunkum. Completely false and with no foundation in fact. To you. But to me, it is a science. The only true science. Wait, you will see. Remember, you are a Pisces. So for the next few days, you are to be careful, Dr. Kent. Very careful. The signs could mean death. Busy, Lloyd? No, no, I'm not, Diane. Come in. Well, better not let the indoors of this observatory see the learned Dr. Devins with his head on the desk. What's the matter, Lloyd? Plenty. I went to that dinner they gave Dr. Kent last night. Watched him give him a medal. Saw the smug look on his face when he accepted it. On behalf of my two colleagues and myself... Well, so we got a medal by proxy. I'm just as happy. Scientists work for science, not recognition. Recognition never hurt, though. Let me ask you something, Diane. Uh Uh-uh, Dr. Peters, please. It's working hours. Oh... Lloyd, why don't I see you after hours anymore? I'll get around to that, Diane. Diane, did you notice Oscar snooping around my desk at any time? The janitor? Yes. What would he be doing at your desk? Oh, pretending to clean, but actually to spy. You know he's very sold on astrology, don't you? Yes, but I'm... I'm more concerned at the moment with you and me. What's happened to us, Lloyd? What's happened? Nothing's happened. I'm tired, Diane. I'm tired of this place, of working, of Dr. Kent. And of me, eh? I said of everything, and I meant it. Leave me alone, will you? Just like that. Leave you alone. And I'm supposed to pack my things and walk out. Well, I'm not built that way, Lloyd. You're not walking out on me, oh, no. Try it, and you'll be the sorriest man that ever... Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Evans, Dr. Peters. I just came in to clean. I'll come back. Oh, come on in, Oscar. I'm leaving. But, Lloyd, you and I have to talk a little bit more about the subject we were just discussing. There's nothing to talk about. No? Maybe I can induce you to change your mind. Well, Oscar, you said you came in here to clean. So clean. I only say that because Dr. Peters was here. 
Actually, I come to talk to you. About what? About $300. I need $300, and you are going to give it to me. I'm going to give it to you. What makes you think that? Many things. I must have an operation, they tell me. Operations cost money. You, you give me the money. I'll give you the money. Are you crazy? Get out, Oscar. Get out now. I have to clean. Not now you don't have to. Get out. I want to be by myself to think. Think if you want to. Think about many things. But also think about the signs. You too are a Pisces. And for the next few days, the stars say there is trouble. There is more than trouble, they say. There is death. Hello. Vance, Markham. Well, how is my friend, the district attorney? How did you know I was home? I called your office and Miss Deering told me, Vance. <laughs> She's been very conscientious since coming back to work, hasn't she? Ellen's always worked all hours. She says she likes it. <laughs> that might be. Uh, and I have something you might like, Vance. How are you fixed for murders? Committing them, knowing of any, or investigating them? Investigating them. I've got a wonderful one for you, Vance. Happened a little while ago up at the Kent Observatory. You know anything about astronomy? A little. I know that Dr. Kent, head of the observatory, got a medal last night for finding a new planet. And to astronomers, getting medals is the highest possible honor they can receive. That's undoubtedly correct. But did you know that he has two assistants, Dr. Lloyd Devins and Dr. Diane Peters, a very attractive young lady? No, I didn't. If Dr. Kent was murdered, when can I see them? Oh, it wasn't Dr. Kent, Vance. It was young Dr. Devins. He was killed in his office a little while ago. Oh? I'm up at the observatory now, and the body hasn't been removed yet. Can you come up? I'll be right up, Markham. Apparently, astral bodies aren't the only things to be found there. Vance, this is Dr. Kent. Dr. Kent, Philo Vance. How do you do? How do you do, Mr. Vance? Dr. Kent, how long was Dr. Devins your assistant? Uh, for several years, Mr. Vance. He was a brilliant scientist. His experiments with the spectroscope will be studied for many years. Spectroscope, Doctor? Well, yes. It's uh, used to study stars, find out what they're made of, and to break them down into colors. Oh. I see. I understand you discovered a new planet recently, Dr. Kent. Yes, yes, I did. But I'd rather not discuss that right now. It can't possibly have anything to do with the murder of Dr. Devins. Oh, it might, Dr. Kent. In fact, you have no idea how many times it is the apparently irrelevant factors that lead us to crime solutions. Right, Vance? Yes, of course, Markham. Tell me, Doctor, how are new planets found? I understand there hasn't been one discovered in 10 or 15 years. Well, that's quite true, Mr. Vance. The last one prior to my discovery was predicted and located by Dr. Percival Lowell of the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona. Really? You say predicted and then discovered. Yes. You see, planets are not always seen through telescopes such as that huge one over there. They're found after years of mathematical calculations, noting the formation and motions of the other planets, trying to rationalize their movements. If I understand correctly, when extra gravitation of other planets becomes apparent, there must be something to cause that. And sometimes the something is an undiscovered planet. That's precisely right, Mr. Vance. But it has no bearing on Dr. Devon's death, as you can see. Perhaps after I see Dr. Peters, I might agree to that. Anyone else you might suggest my talking to, Dr. Kent? No, no, I don't think so. Yes. 
Yes, there is, Vance. You might see Oscar, the handyman here. He predicted there might be a death in this observatory, although, frankly, I thought it was my death he was talking about. Carry these photographic plates over to the table, please, Oscar. Yes, Dr. Peters, I do it gladly. Oh, I've got to keep working. I've got to stop thinking about Lloyd. Yes, Doctor, I know. You want the plates right here? Please. Yes? How do you do? I'm Philo Vance. May I come in? Oh, yes, please come in. I've been expecting you. Mr. Markham said you might want to question me. I do, very definitely. And this is Oscar? I am Oscar. I wish you'd have a seat, Oscar. I'll want to talk to you, too. Very well. I sit down. Well, Vance? Dr. Peters, may I start by saying that I think you're a very attractive scientist? What are you going to finish by saying? I really don't know yet. How well did you know the dead man, Dr. Devins? I knew him very well. We worked together for years. I see. You and Dr. Devins were merely scientific companions? Not exactly. Except that he was very busy recently. Doing what? Trying to compute the location of the planet Dr. Kent found. Only his notes were stolen. His notes were stolen, eh? And Dr. Kent then discovered the brand new planet? Well... Well, what, Mr. Vance? It's a little too early to tell yet, Dr. Peters. The dead man's notes were stolen. Mine are not yet complete. Oscar. Yes? Yes? What do you want with me? I'm not sure yet, beyond the fact that I'd like to know how you could predict death as you did yesterday. How I could do it? Anybody could do it. Anybody who knows how to read the stars correctly... By that, I suppose you mean astrology? Of course. Mm. These are trouble days for everyone born under Pisces. Dr. Devins was a Pisces. I understand your original indication was that it was Dr. Kent who was to die. I do not indicate anything. The stars, they indicate everything. And the stars do not make mistakes. Possibly not. And from all I've been able to find out on this case, neither did our murderer. This is District Attorney Markham. The star-studded murder case began the night Dr. Humphrey J. Kent, famous astronomer, was rewarded for discovering a new planet. He was threatened then by Dr. Lloyd Devins, his assistant, who subsequently was found murdered. Vance knows that at one time, another assistant, Dr. Diane Peters, had been friendly with the dead man, but had had little time for her lately. Vance's other suspect is Oscar, general handyman at the Kent Observatory, where the murder was committed. As we return to our story, my men report that Oscar has just gone into Dr. Kent's office. Where he... What do you want here, Oscar? 
Your cleaning is done. This time I do not want to clean, Dr. Kent. From you, I want money. Money? You want money from me? What for? Well, Dr. Kent, Dr. Devins, he talks to himself when he is alone. Sometimes he only thinks he is alone. Well? Just before he is killed, he talks to himself. He say, he stole my planet. That planet was mine. I find it, but he steal it. He was talking about you, Dr. Kent. That is nonsense. Maybe, maybe. And the police will not think so. You dare to come here and threaten me? To try to blackmail me? It's you, you, you pay me. I do not tell the police. I do not You'll tell... You'll tell nobody and I won't give you a cent. You understand? You won't talk and I won't pay you nothing. No, don't hit me. I'll don't do more than that. I'll choke Dr. them. Dr. Kent. He hit me, Dr. Peters, just because I hear Dr. Devin say... Oscar. I don't care. I hear Dr. Devin say that it was Dr. Kent who steal the planet from him, that he find it, and Dr. Kent gets the medal. I hear him say this before he get killed. This man doesn't no, know what No, Dr. He... Kent. Perhaps you and I better talk this over. Oscar, don't say anything about this to anyone, will you? Not just yet. If... Not if you ask me not to, Dr. Peters. Thank you. You leave, Oscar. Dr. Kent and I want to discuss this more in detail. Don't we, Doctor? This place looks like a tool bed, doesn't it? Scientific libraries aren't built for splendor, my friend. <laughs> Markham, listen. After I was through questioning the suspects at the Kent Observatory yesterday afternoon, I came here. I found the scholastic records of Dr. Kent, Dr. Devins, and Dr. Peters. Did they indicate anything interesting? I'm not sure yet. Now, I also found out several other things. For instance, in this book here. Ah, here it is. Class of 1940, Midwest University. Let me see. It's page 131, I believe. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Here's the dead man's record. L.R. Devins, graduated with honors, received fellowship... Later appointment to Endowed Kent Observatory. School award for astronomy. Born Dantown, Ohio. Mother, E.B. Devins. Father, O.R. Devins. I want to make a note of those names, Markham. I remember them, Vance. Now let's look up the scholastic careers of Dr. Kent and his pretty assistant, Dr. Peters. There are some notes I want to take on them, too. Well, that's what we're here for. Where do we begin? That, at the moment, is secondary in importance to a much more vital factor. Where do we end on this case? Vance. Oh, sorry to disturb you at your home, Dr. Peters, but it's a matter of necessity. May I come in? Well, uh, uh, I have company. I won't stay long. Thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Peters, I've found something very interesting at the science library this evening. Oh, I what's found... that, Dan? Oh, Dr. Kent's voice, isn't it, Dr. Peters? Good evening, Dr. Kent. It's Philo Vance. Uh, come in, Vance. Thank you. How are you, Dr. Kent? I'm well. I was just leaving. Oh, please stay. Dr. Peters, I came to tell you I want you at the observatory at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. And I'd like you there, too, Dr. Kent. Would you? Why? A very obvious reason. I've been doing some research. Dr. Kent, I've found out several very interesting things. For instance? Well, from what I learned from Oscar, I believe Dr. Devins died believing that you, Dr. Kent, 
had stolen his research information on the new planet. That's preposterous. Is it? Perhaps. Dr. Peters. Yes? You mentioned something to me earlier which I haven't thought much about, but which perhaps you might clarify just a bit. I will if I can. What is it? I had asked you if you and the late Dr. Devons were purely scientific companions. You said, not exactly. What did that mean? It meant just that. Not exactly. You saw him socially? At one time. And then? Then I didn't. Who lost interest, Dr. Peters? You or Dr. Devons? He was working very hard on his notes. And had no time for you. Look, Mr. Vance, don't try to shape a woman's scorned angle to fit me. Do you know what Dr. Devons believed about Dr. Kent here? I know about Dr. Kent here, all about him. I'll meet you both tomorrow morning at the observatory at, shall we say, 10 o'clock. Dr. Kent, why must I be here, too? I have my cleaning to do. Mr. Vance wanted you here, Oscar. He'll be off the phone in a minute to tell you why. This is a little ridiculous, you know. From what I've seen of him, nothing Vance does is ever ridiculous, Dr. Peters. Any word yet, Vance? Not yet, Dr. Peters. Mr. Markham is still on the long-distance phone at his office checking some facts. We'll be back on this one in a moment, I'm sure. Well, hurry. Perhaps you'd care to... Oh, excuse me. <sighs> yes, Markham, I'm here. Go ahead. He listens now, Dr. Kent. Yes? Yes, I see. Yes, I have that, Markham. Thank you very much. Yes, it's fine. Thank you. Goodbye. My apologies to you all. There was some information lacking, and I've just gotten it. Now, before I make any definite statements, I wonder if there's anything any of you would like to say. I would, Mr. Vance. I've been thinking over what you said last night, and I'm going to tell you the truth. When Lloyd Devons broke our engagement, I was angry enough to have killed him. Dr. Peters. I'm sorry, it's true. Only, Mr. Vance, I got over that feeling. Very possibly. Dr. Kent, it is true that you stole Dr. Devons' notes, that he threatened to expose you. You couldn't let that happen, could you? So you think I killed him? I didn't say that. Dr. Peters here could have killed him for doing what he did to her. Then it's me you suspect. I didn't say that either. Now listen, all of you. Oscar, come here. You... You want me? I most certainly do. Your last name is Devons, isn't it, Oscar? Well, isn't it? That is my name. Lloyd Devons was your son. You don't have to admit that. Mr. Markham got a description of Lloyd Devons' father from your hometown, and it fits you perfectly. Yeah, it is true. I was his father. He did not like it to be known that his father was a janitor. A ridiculous concession to false pride. When your son's college record showed his father's initials were O.R., I thought the O might stand for Oscar, and Markham's telephone call corroborated that. My boy did not want it known that I was his father, but he was a good boy, Mr. Vance. Boys born under Pisces are brilliant, alert, resourceful, a little selfish. Was Lloyd really selfish, or is that astrology stuff all bunk? Bunk? Of course it isn't bunk. My boy, he was selfish. He refused me money. All I wanted was a few hundred dollars, but he refused me. You see, he was selfish. That proves it, doesn't it? You told me your son was a Pisces, and that these are troubled days for people born under that sign. Yes, that I told you, because that is true. Trouble, and sometimes death. The stars say that. Rubbish. The stars can't predict anything. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous? You say that is ridiculous. My boy say that too. I wonder whether he would say that now if he were alive to say it. 
When did he say it was ridiculous? When I warned him. When I warned him that his selfishness might lead to death, he looked at me. He laughed at me. He laughed at the stars. He was laughing even at the stars when I killed him. What? Oscar. Oh, Oscar, no. Oh, so you were clever, Mr. Vance. You tricked me so I tell the truth. But it does you no good. I go out that door and nobody stops me. Nobody. I shoot whoever tries to stop me. You even, Dr. Peters. Oscar, don't be a fool. The police Police! (laughs) They are smart, maybe. But I am smarter. I have the stars to tell me things. To tell me everything. But I kill anyhow anybody who follows me. Let's get out of here. It's quite unnecessary, Dr. Peters. I'd ask Sergeant Heath of the police to wait downstairs and arrest anyone who left here. If I know Heath, he has Oscar by now. Oh. Oh, what a terrible thing this has been. But I suppose I ought to thank you, Mr. Vance. You can in a moment. Uh, Dr. Kent, don't you have a medal given you by the International Astronomical Society that belongs to the late Dr. Devins? Yes, yes, I... Yes, it actually belongs to him. Don't you think you ought to write a paper for the Astronomical Magazine giving him full credit? Well, partial credit, anyhow. Perhaps. Yes, yes, I'll write the paper and my resignation together. That's what I thought you'd do. Well, I'll leave you now. Thank you, Mr. Vance. Thanks very much. For Lloyd. It's quite all right, Dr. Peters. I guess Oscar thought he could get away with murder, but... uh, It just wasn't in the stars. Well, Vance, thanks for cleaning up the murder of Dr. Devons for us. And incidentally, I think you did quite a brilliant job on this case. Well, don't sound so surprised. I'm really a very brilliant person. Vance... (laughs) Why, absolutely, Walker. (laughs) I'm so brilliant that I had three suspects for the murder of Dr. Devins, all with motive, all with opportunity. I'm so brilliant that I didn't know which one of them actually did it. (laughs) That isn't exactly true, Vance. You did know, ultimately. Yes, I suppose so. But I had to make Oscar break down and admit it. If he weren't so sold on astrology, I don't know how I could have done it. You'd have thought of something, Vance. You always do. And I'll tell you a little secret. I knew you'd solve this case. Knew it from the very beginning. Did you, Markham? I didn't. I guess I'm not so brilliant after all. I had to wait for the end. The end of the star-studded murder case.
Welcome back. Okay, I'm going to be honest here, and this is the honest truth. I actually knew who the murderer was before the crime was committed, and before we knew who the victim was going to be. I just knew the janitor was the type of guy who would end up being the murderer. Which, I don't know, maybe it's a little too predictable at this point, but hopefully I will get one of these wrong. Also, don't know why the murdered man's boss decided to relent and tell the truth about what he'd uh, ripped off from the uh, murder victim. But at least Philo Vance got uh, the guy some posthumous uh, justice. And good for him. I mean, he was a nice guy, considering he thoughtlessly cast aside his girlfriend and refused to acknowledge his father because he was a snob. Still good for him anyway. Okay, listener comments and feedback, and we've got a comment from over on Spreaker. It's not the first one we've gotten, but it's certainly uh, the longest. Uh, Barry writes, Adam, I work in the logging industry, and I don't believe that, and this is again regarding the uh, tree trunk murder place. Uh, case. I don't believe that the conclusion of this episode is, is any sort plausible at all. I was expecting to hear an alternative method of killing that the tree was uh, used to cover up. The falling of a tree with an axe is not uh, uh, to predict so predictable as to be able to keep a victim in just the right spot at just the right time for even an experienced logger, much less an aging woman who could hardly remain unnoticed by the crew, uh, growing blisters on her hands uh, where she didn't belong. The electric saw in the mill was hilarious also. I did laugh a lot, so at least I was entertained. Uh, thank you for your efforts. Uh, yours truly, Barry. Well, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate the uh, comment and the insider... Uh, Inside Barry, and that does make sense. Uh, you know, the traditional cry of timber is what loggers, you know, do as they're, you know, falling a tree. And the idea of that is that you're giving some notice to people nearby because it may not fall exactly. You know, if uh, falling trees worked like they did on Philo Vance, a logger would just go ahead and, you know, figure out where the tree was going to fall and say, well, I don't see anybody around. It's going to be fine. Why uh, waste my lungs? But I'm glad you enjoyed the episode. And I think that Final Vance is one of those series that people don't enjoy because it's generally smart or cleverly written. But there are so many funny parts in there. And I think the majority of them may not have been funny in 1947, but they sure are today. Philo Vance is actually very popular on YouTube. While in terms of podcast downloads, a lot more people download Yours Truly Johnny Dollar. We've already had a few months where Philo Vance has just dominated what people are listening to over on YouTube. Which was not the case. It was Johnny Dollar over there as well. 
And then we also received a couple of questions that were made uh, as Facebook posts. Now, I mentioned a couple weeks back on an episode of Casey Crime Photographer some of the problems that I was having with Facebook. One was, you know, for my personal account, which I'm not going to go into again. But another was that even on my wife's account, where she has access, we are not able to easily read user a mini user post where a user will make their own post on the page and this has been going on for a few months even before the other problem with facebook where uh, we're not able to see the text uh, of what users write on certain uh, posts now, if they comment on a post that we've done, uh, uh, we can see that. If they send us a message, we can see that. And if they just make a post and they don't share a link, we can see that. However, if a user makes a Facebook post and they link to our website or to an episode, we cannot actually see that. So, uh, for ease of communication, uh, if you do want to contact us via Facebook, either comment on a particular episode or send us a message on Facebook, uh, you know, select to send the message. If you make a post on the Facebook page, particularly if you share a link, uh, we may not be able to see it. Now, what I have found is there is a workaround that's weird, is essentially a talk and type program can read the text of what you wrote, even though I couldn't see it just scrolling through it. Again, this is a really weird issue that we've been having with these Facebook user posts. But uh, from the reader, we, we did gather what was said in these post, but I'm just going to paraphrase rather than have you listen to a computer voice read it. Okay, so the first question Stephen asked regarding the same episode uh, we just discussed, uh, I believe so anyway, it was Philo Vance, and the question was whether uh, I knew if it was a script reuse, and the reader said that uh, he thought it might have been an ex- an episode of Mr. X, which didn't make sense because it didn't sound like a man called X script. Maybe the reader misread and he meant Mr. Keen, which would make sense because I could see some certain similarities to a Mr. Keen script. Now, of course, Markham didn't say Saints Preserve Us, but he did have that same sort of setup with Vance and Markham walking into this jurisdiction and essentially acting like they owned everything. But was it a script reuse? The answer is that I can't say for sure. The problem with a lot of East Coast programs, uh, particularly the detective shows, is it's harder to detect uh, when there's been script reuse because there are so many lost episodes of so many different programs. One reason it's, I think, relatively easier on the West Coast to detect this is that you've got so many episodes of so many programs that are in circulation. 
Things like Jeff Regan, Richard Diamond, Rocky Jordan, Johnny Dollar. There's uh, such a high number of episodes out there. You can spot uh, when someone's copying with something like Mr. Keen. More than 90% of the scripts are lost. So essentially, it's kind of a long shot that uh, one of the scripts that was done for Mr. Keen that's in circulation will have been copied by uh, another series. And you do have that on the East Coast, uh, whether it's Nick Carter or later on things like Under Arrest or Federal Agent. As far as we know, they could be borrowing scripts and we would have no idea just because uh, the New York programs have so few episodes, you know, in circulation. Now, that doesn't mean that it couldn't happen, because there are some programs on the West Coast that have very few programs in circulation, and we know one of them is a reuse. A good example of that would be Christopher London. Uh, there were only 18 episodes made. We only have three of those 18 episodes, but we know one of those three episodes was reused from the first available episode of Man, The Man Called X, which was the only available episode of The Man Called X's initial 1944 summer run. And the one that we did for our last Twice Told Tale special, most of Barry Craig's last season uh, is uh, missing, but uh, one of the episodes that is in circulation was reused from The Saint. But I think the odds are a lot less. I also think that if a script was originally written for Mr. Keene, there could be some problems uh, for the writer reusing it elsewhere, because essentially all of those scripts that were written for the programs Mr. Keene and all of the Hummert Radio Factory programs were plotted by Anne Hummer. In effect, she's a contributor and the co-writer, and she would own uh, part of the copyright to that script. And I've not heard of Miss Hummer uh, letting writers go ahead and sell uh, her scripts elsewhere. Now, it is perfectly possible that the listener to this program liked Mr. Keene and may have had that in mind as they wrote this particular episode of Follow Vance. But I doubt that this was uh, ever broadcast on Mr. Keene. Thanks for the question. And then we had one from Dan who mentioned that he had trouble hearing part of a certain program and was wondering if we had uh, considered doing closed captioning on the podcast uh, and suggested some potential benefits for folks who have uh, difficulty hearing. Well, I appreciate the uh, question and suggestion, Dan. Actually, if you go over to YouTube, our, our YouTube channel at youtube.greatdetectives.net, you can turn on captions on the videos, i.e., you know, it's just a still image and audio if you listen to one of the old-time radio programs, and there is, are auto-captions uh, generated. Now, those captions are not perfect, 
And there are things in some programs that will throw them off. Like I was, uh, I, I decided to try out an episode of Pat Novak for Hire with the captions on. And uh, it, the uh, program really uh, struggled to keep up with Pat Novak. But still, it's what we have at this point. Unfortunately, the process of captioning all this audio in some way, like transcribing it, would be a very expensive and time-consuming. You can hire people to do uh, transcriptions, but generally the jo- uh, the price goes up as more voices are added and more complications ensue. In addition, you need someone to uh, be able to check uh, their work. And so that'd be massive, you know, and correct the transcript uh, if needs be. So that's really labor and, and financial intensive. So we don't have a way to do something that would be beyond YouTube at this point. So yeah, if uh, folks uh, would like something with closed captioning, you can check out the YouTube channel, youtube.greatdetectives.net. All right, well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Jenny, Patreon supporter since February of 2020, currently supporting us at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Jenny. And that will do it for today. I do want to encourage you, if you are enjoying this podcast, to rate and review it wherever you download your podcast from. Next Thursday, we'll have another episode of Philo Vance. Coming up tomorrow, it's that man with the action-packed expense account. Catch up with Johnny Dollar and... Expense account item one, $189.95. Plane fare and incidentals to Los Angeles, California. I arrived at 10 o'clock the morning of the 12th and went directly to Hollywood, where I registered at the Wentworth Hotel. Then proceeded to Central Division Homicide and Lieutenant Brickford. Got a teletype this morning that you were coming, Doyle. Supposed to give you all the help I can. Well, I'll be glad to have it. Can you tell me something about the dead woman? Well, shot once with a thirty-eight in the chest. Killed between one and two, night before last. Any suspect? Yeah, we've been checking on the people she knew. Talked to several of them. Couple, Mr. and Mrs. Lyon, a girlfriend, Miss June Fisher. She'd seen her during the day, but can't tell us very much. The Lyons hadn't seen her for several days. They couldn't give us any reason why someone might kill her. We've got some more names we've got to run down. Boyfriend, uh, the, uh, uh, William Carnes. Works for Timken Aircraft. And test pilot. Girlfriend says Carnes and the dead girl started seeing each other about two weeks ago, but, uh, she didn't believe it was anything particularly serious. She was killed in her apartment. Yes. Killer entered by a back door, ripped the screen, but wasn't robbery. Nothing was touched. Somebody just walked in and killed her. Yeah, that's the way it looks. Lab hasn't come up with anything that'll help so far. No prints. We got the bullet, but we need the gun. What did she do that night? Well, that's something we still got to find out. We are pretty sure she went out. There were some clothes on the chair, slacks and the coat. Wouldn't wear the coat around the house. Mm. What about this boyfriend? I was going out to talk to him this morning. I wanted to check on him first. Pilot in the last war. Went to work for Timken right after he was discharged. Seemed to... Uh, seemed like a pretty solid citizen. A lot of citizens are pretty solid until they kill somebody. Yeah. Well, you want to run out the field with me? If you don't mind. Well, not a bit. 
Give me somebody to talk to. I hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Radio Detectives and follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.